Hebrews chapter 11, and we're going to start with verse 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good report. Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. By faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts. And by it he being dead yet speaketh. By faith, Enoch was translated that he should not see death and was not found because God had translated him. For before his translation he had this testimony that he pleased God. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. By faith Noah, being warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house, by the which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness which is by faith. By faith, Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should hereafter receive for an inheritance, obeyed, and he went out, not knowing whither he went. By faith, he sojourned in the land of promise, as in a strange country, dwelling in the tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he looked for a city which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Through faith also Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed and was delivered of a child when she was past age because she judged him faithful who had promised. Therefore spring there even of one and him as good as dead, so many as the stars of the sky in multitude, and as the sand which is by the seashore innumerable. These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off, and were persuaded of them, and embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. For they that say such things declare plainly that they seek a country, and truly, if they had been mindful of that country from where they came out, they might have had opportunity to have returned. But now they desire a better country, that is, and heavenly. Wherefore God is not ashamed to be called for God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he hath prepared for them a city. I want to preach a message out of that sixteenth verse a better country. Praise God. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, in your presence we stand. And by faith in what your Son did on the cross of Calvary, we are active in this presence, and your Spirit is moving amongst us. And as your Spirit reaches out to us, let us welcome him in. Let us receive the words that you have for us today. Let us not just receive it in concept, 
not just as words, not just intellectually, but let us believe what we hear and let us obey it. Just as these great faith leaders of our past. Let us believe what you say and obey it. And I pray that to be all of our experiences in the name of Jesus. Amen. Now, there's a couple verses here that help us to understand what faith actually is. In verse 1, it says, Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. What we have to understand is what this is actually saying from the original text. It should be read, Now, faith is the substance of things guaranteed, the evidence of things not seen. So for you to exercise faith in God, you have to exercise faith in something you haven't seen. Okay? We are greatly blessed, greater than those of the past who's actually seen the Lord and believed the Lord. We don't see Him, and we believe Him, and our faith is greater. The Bible says that. It says our faith is greater and how much more blessed we are, those who believe who haven't seen. But just not the person of Jesus. It tells us in some of our songs of the past, looking unto Jesus, and it says, look to him. And it means you can't see him with your, your eyes. I mean, he could manifest himself to you as he did to Paul and a few others. He could do that, but it's not necessary. Faith deems it not necessary that I actually see him with my physical eyes, but that I believe him with my spiritual heart. In other words, he's here. He's here because he says he's here. Do we understand that concept? God is omnipresent which means he's everywhere at the same time. But that doesn't mean he's manifest. In other words, he's not making his presence felt or experienced. But he's here right now. If he's everywhere, he's certainly here. We will never be able to escape him. He sees all. He's everywhere at the same time. The psalmist even says that when you're in hell... You'll experience him there, of course, with his judgment upon your life for not accepting him when you had a chance. Faith doesn't actually have to see to believe. In fact, if I give you $10 and then you ask me for $10, the point is mute. Or if you ask me for 10, I give it to you right now. You didn't have any, you didn't need any faith to believe that you were going to get it if I gave it to you right away. You do have to believe. If you ask God for something, you do have to believe it until you see it, until you possess it. But the first part is to believe it. He says it's the substance of things guaranteed but not seen so how's this work i tell this story often because 
is very much indicative of, of this point. Of this wonderful Christian lady who went to this conference that they had in England. I believe the, the actual place was in London. They had this big conference. It's called the Holy Ghost Conference. It was something that they did every year, sort of in the manner of a camp meeting. And she went to this the first time she ever attended this. The first day, they brought forth people who needed healing, and they would lay hands on them and pray for them in the name of Jesus, anointing them with oil, praying the prayer of faith exactly the way it says in the book of James. She went forward that day because she had a big goiter on her neck. And they prayed for her, and while they prayed for her, she sensed God manifest himself and sensed that the promise of God was given to her, and she started believing it. The next day, they started every day with prayer. They asked for testimonies. A person would raise her hand and say, the Lord did this, the Lord did that. She raised her hand and said, yesterday the Lord healed me of the goiter. And yet there she stood with the goiter, still obviously exposed to everybody. The next day she came, they asked for testimonies. God healed me of the goiter two days ago. And she kept doing this every day. This was like a six-week-long period. Every day they would have these meetings. After a while, they kind of like, you know, that's not faith, because obviously you're not healed, lady. We'll pray for you again. No, you don't need to pray for me again. The Lord healed me. He told me I'm healed. When you prayed for me, he spoke to my heart and says you're healed. I believe it. So she gets up the next day, and they're like, oh, we can't. We're not going to do this for six weeks. But she would get up every day faithfully. The next year rolled around and the Holy Ghost Conference came again. The very first day, they said, we're going to pray for you. And if anybody has a testimony, just raise your hand. She stood up and raised her hand. She says, God, heal me of the goiter. And it was still there. And they said, this is not going to happen for six weeks you're not allowed to come back here. They sent her home, barred her from the meetings. She went home and she cried to God. She says, I just know what you told me. Your promises are sure. Yes and amen are the promises of God. You spoke to my heart that I'm healed. I believe I'm healed. Even if I don't see it, I believe it. He says, go back tomorrow. She says, they won't let me in. He says, go back tomorrow. She went back the next day. And of course, her hand goes up. At the time of testimony, she stands and she says, the Lord healed me of the goiter. And they're all, oh, not this again. And she pulls down her turtleneck sweater, and it wasn't there. What a shame the church can't believe unless they see it. 
They can't believe it. I'll tell you what I believe in. I believe in streets of gold, and I believe my feet are going to walk upon them. I believe in rivers of water, and I believe these lips are going to taste that water. I believe in all the promises of God that I will see him face to face, and he will look at me and say, Thou faithful servant, come. Come into my kingdom and be here with me forever. But you know what? It's not real to too many Christians. We don't really understand this. But we should. we got to understand, but without faith it's impossible to please him. For he that comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. I just know this lady with the goiter every day was thanking God for that promise he gave her. First of all, most people in the church don't even hear the voice of God. That's a shame. Because their lives would be a whole lot different if they did. Not even hearing the voice of God yet. Jesus said, my sheep, hear my voice and follow me. You have to hear the voice of God. That is a confirmation that you were saved. That's a witness of the Spirit. That you actually know God. Because you know what this is about. It ain't about anything but Jesus. It's about my relationship with him. It's about how well I know him. How well I obey him. How much I believe what he says. That's what it's about. It's not about anything else. It's not about you going to church. You going to church should be part of your walk with Jesus. And if it was, you wouldn't enter the doors of many churches because all you get is religion. I'm tired of religion. Either God does something in the midst of the church or I'll go somewhere where he does. And you've come to a place where many people have been healed saved, baptized in the Holy Spirit, delivered from the powers of darkness. We've seen miracles. We've seen demons cast out of people. And if you want to see some more, bring in a couple demon-possessed people and you'll see the power of God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. We are not ashamed of the testimony of Jesus Christ and those who are ashamed of it will not see the power of God manifest in their lives and in their churches. You know, this is now, I'm, I'm, I want to drive this into this subject of a better country. You know, when, when you get saved, you have to understand your old life is over. But the problem is, the old country tries to mix with the better country, the new one. And what happens is, is we try to bring things into this new life that Jesus has given us from the old life that Jesus rejects. We start bringing it forward. It's like we're going to, to accept the best of both worlds. If anybody really knows Jesus, they'll know this much. Come out from among them and be ye separate. Then I will be your God, and then you will be my people. He doesn't want you to live as the world lives. He wants you to come and join him in this better country. He wants you to be a part of his kingdom. His kingdom doesn't mix with that kingdom out there. 
We can't have the best of both worlds. In other words, we can't accept what we want and what God wants. It doesn't work that way. A new life, a redeemed life, says, thy will be done. It doesn't say thy will and my will. It says thy will be done because my will is done forever. When we try to retain those things of our old life and bring them into the new life Jesus has given us, guess what? We don't get what God has promised us. So I want you to understand the promises of God are sure, but the conditions are faith in Him and what He says. Not just about the part, what you get, but what He wants, His will as well. Okay, so we have got to concentrate on God's will. I see so many people forfeiting the promises of God because they live for the world and they try to live for God at the same time. The Lord gave me this this morning while I was reading in the book of Numbers. He just, I, the, the actual word's not there, but the impression was that. He says, in the church today, the reason the church is not experiencing the power of God is because there's a battle going on in the church. The battle of the self-willed versus the spirit-filled. The battle of the self-willed versus the spirit-filled. In other words, the battle is somebody wants to do it because God said to do it and wants to do it the way God says to do it and is obedient to what God says to do, but other people don't want it that way. They want it their way. He sacrificed his whole life for me, and it's time my life is a sacrifice for him. Thy will be done, not my will be done. So it's the self-willed against the spirit-filled. And that describes most of the problems in the church today. And I'll tell you this, Paul wrote extensively of this. It's mentioned in the Old Testament. Let me read you a couple things. In, in Numbers 15, 38 and 39, Speak unto the children of Israel, and bid them that they make them fringes in the borders of their garments throughout their generations. And they put upon the fringe of the, the boards a ribbon of blue, of the borders, I should say, a ribbon of blue, and it shall be unto you for a fringe, that ye may look upon it and remember all the commandments of the Lord and do them. And they, and they that ye shall seek not after your own heart and your own eyes, after which you used to go a-whoring. So he's telling us not to seek after our own heart according to how we see things. In number 16, the very next chapter, in verse 28, it says, And Moses says, Hereby ye shall know that the Lord hath sent me to do all these works, for I have not done them of my own mind. In other words, we're not supposed to do it out of our own mind. We're supposed to do it because we found the mind of Christ. Hallelujah. 
Paul writes extensively on this subject when he compares the work of the flesh in the believer and the work of the Spirit in it. Right? Yes, it's in the Old Testament. Aaron and Miriam came against the Spirit-filled leader. And Miriam ended up with leprosy. Although the Spirit-filled leader, you know what he did? He prayed for his sister, and the Lord healed her. She was put out of the camp for seven days, right? For seven days she is put out, so she's embarrassed by the work of the flesh in her heart. What work of the flesh? Well, she says, hey, I, I've got as much authority as you do. Not if God calls him, doesn't call you to that position. God was using uh, uh, Moses to make the decisions. Through Moses, he would tell the people what God says. That's what the church needs today. Someone who hears from heaven and delivers it to the people. Who doesn't care what anybody thinks about them. Doesn't care what anybody do does to them. In other words, I'm not here to please you at all. I'm here to please God. And the only way I can please Him is say what He says to say and do what He says to do. At any cost. Nadab and Abihu found out real fast. Korah, Dathan, Abiram. They all found out. Don't challenge Someone God puts in the leadership role. And accept your own calling because they had a calling too. But they didn't want their calling. They wanted somebody else's. Once again, their will versus God's will. In the New Testament, it was Judas Iscariot, amongst many others. Judas Iscariot wanted the ministry to run his way. Not God's way. Do you want your life run God's way or your own way or a mixture of it? If it's a mixture, you're not going to see the power of God. You can't mix it. If it's your way, you can have your way. He'll let you have your way, but you can't have his promises. If it's his way and strictly his way, the promises of God are yes and amen. Amen. We are told to hear the voice of God. When we've got to the place where we're just going to listen to you, Lord. Whatever you say, that's what we're going to do. If you don't say it, I'm not doing it. Literally today, the way that I have a message is the Lord tells me what to say. And if I don't know what the next sentence is... His word says, open your mouth and I will fill it. My mouth is open and it's full. And I give to you the word of God today that will change your life as soon as you allow him full control. And you only do what he wants you to do. That you give up on the old life, you give up on the world, and you look for that heavenly kingdom. And you serve God in that heavenly kingdom by doing what he wants you to do. 
how he wants you to do it, where he wants you to do it, when he wants you to do it. We've waited a long time. 10,000 people are coming to Jesus through this ministry. I don't see it right now, but that's what God says, and it's as good as done. It's the same as heaven. It's as good as done. I'm going to walk beside Peter, James, and John. So, Peter, what are you doing today? Well, I'm going up to see the king. Yeah, that's where I'm going to. Yes, yeah, so is everybody else. We're all going to see the king. The, not just a king, but the king. The king of kings. The king of all kings of all time. We're going up to see Jesus. Now, I'll tell you one thing. We're missing out on blessings. We're missing out on peace and joy and love and all that God is and all that God gives by not worshiping him constantly. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you for defeating Satan in my life. Thank you for defeating sin in my life, sickness in my life, and even society in my life. All those things were de defeated. By Jesus Christ and the cross of Calvary. And all I have to do is start believing. I'm free from sin by the power of that blood. And I will be free if I really believe. Faith, once again, drives everything. But faith in a person and what that person has promised. I want you to hear the voice of God. Go listen to the voice of God. Go receive the promise. Start believing the promise. And then Give him glory and praise for that promise, even if you don't see it. You are in these altars this morning, and I know you unloaded some burdens or you would not have been there. And while you were unloading those burdens this morning, I hope and pray that your heart received a word from God and that you receive it by faith and it is finished in your mind. And all you do now is thank you, Jesus, for healing me of the goiter. Thank you, Jesus, for healing me of the goiter. That lady every day was saying, thank you, Jesus. Jesus for healing me of the goiter when the goiter was there. But the faith was there that was greater than the sickness. Because she believed in the God that was greater. So we don't hear the voice of God. Why? Because we don't take time out of this busy world. We allow the world into our heart instead of God. How do we do that? We listen to the, the whistles and the bells. We look at the bright lights drawing us away from that quiet time with the Lord when he says, be still and know that I am God. Do you have that quiet time? Do you know even in heaven, they take a break every once in a while for a half hour? Nothing. Nothing. For the whole day. It was the cherubim and the seraphim and the Zoa sitting around that throne saying, He is worthy. He is worthy. He is worthy. For a half hour, everything stops. Time to reflect on what I just heard. Time to reflect on the truth. Time to hear in our spirits that quiet, still voice of God. You see, it's quiet and still, which means you have to learn how to meditate. You have to study to be quiet. We don't give God hardly any time to talk to us. When you're reading the Bible, you just don't read it and say, I did. 
That's not the way it works. You read it to hear the voice of God. When you pray, you pray to hear the voice of God. 90% of my prayer time is just listening. Listening for the Lord to speak. Because guess what? He's got a whole lot better things to talk about than I do. Besides, I'll never know his will if I never listen. So what do people do in the church? They do the best they can. If you do the best you can as a believer to live for Jesus, you're sinning. He doesn't say do the best you can. He says rest. Enter into my rest. Come unto me all ye that are laboring and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. How much quiet time do you have with Jesus every day? I don't know. But if I see you acting in the flesh and instead of in the spirit, I know you didn't spend any time with him. If you come with some fan-jangled understanding of the Bible that's not really the actual meaning of it, you didn't read that while you were with Jesus. You were reading that on your own. You were using your own intellect. You were using your own will. It's not the way it's supposed to be. When you read the, the Bible, wait for God to speak to you from it. Sometimes I can start with the first sentence of a chapter, and the Lord speaks immediately. Sometimes it's five chapters, ten chapters, thirty chapters. It doesn't matter. If I don't hear that voice, I'm not finished reading. When I'm praying, if I don't hear that voice, I'm not finished praying. If I don't have direction for my life, encouragement for faith, then I'll stay there till I do. But too many times we get up before we even pray. We get up and we go about our business before we know what God wants us to do. Well, I already know because I got a job and I got to get up at this time and go to that job. Okay, then you do your job without Jesus. I'll do mine with him. Oh, my goodness. The difference of me doing stuff with the Lord or doing stuff on my own, it doesn't compare. The joy, the peace that you receive when you're coordinating all your actions with the Holy Ghost, when you're walking with Jesus all the time, when you're submitting to the will of God, man, it's a life that's so much greater. It's a country that's so much better. A country I want you to get in. A country I want you to stay in. And I want that old life, that old way of you making your own decisions to go away. And all I got to say is come and pray. Get it started right now. Lord, I'm all in. I'm all in. No longer am I going to do what I want to do and what you want to do. No longer am I going to do it the old way. I'm going to do it the new. I'm going to take off the old coat. And I'm going to put on the new. Mombra cura base. 
And I'm going to serve you from this day forward. Amen and amen. Glory to God. Get up on your feet. Let's worship and praise the Lord. Bring your commitments, your consecration to the altars. Hallelujah.